Tomorrow's Valentine's Day, and I think everybody knows about it. If you don't know about it, you're in trouble. If you're a guy and you're married, you're in trouble. You better go out shopping this afternoon or tomorrow morning. What is amazing, in 2020, just two years ago, Americans spent $27.4 billion on Valentine's Day. Billion dollars. Cards, flowers, jewelry. You said, That's, that didn't happen to me. <laughs> the average person in 2020 spent $196 on Valentine's gifts. Now, men uh, spent $291 and ladies spent $106. Now, what really surprised me is when I um, saw this other figure. In 2020, $27.6 million were spent on Valentine gifts for pets. I don't know if anybody wants to admit to that here this morning. But I have a word of caution, all right? If you paid more for your dog's Valentine's gifts then your special sweetheart, you're in the doghouse. <laughs> All right, you're in trouble. This morning I want to uh, preach a, on a subject of what does God really want? God doesn't need us, we need Him. We're not doing God a favor by serving Him because we mess things up and He sees the heart. He doesn't need our money, He owns everything. In fact, He's the one that gave us our money doesn't need her talents. What does God want? Matthew chapter 22, Jesus had a conflict with the religious leaders. They were trying to trap the Lord Jesus Christ. They're trying to trick him. They're trying to catch him in his words. If he would say anything against Moses, then they would say, well, Moses, I mean, he saw, he talked to God face to face. He led the children of Israel out of Egypt. Moses was a humble man. He walked with God. And so if you disagree with Moses, you're disagreeing with God. And so a lawyer, and this man was um, not an attorney like today. He was an expert at the law. Uh, they asked this attorney, this lawyer, to um, try to trick Jesus, try to trap him in his words. And there was a uh, Discussion they had all the time that they had not ever come to a conclusion. And that is, what is the greatest commandment? Join with me in Matthew chapter 22, verse 35. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him, and saying, Master, which is the great commandment of the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Let's bow our heads forward of prayer. Lord, I'm so thankful this morning. You've given us your word. And uh, Lord, I'm thankful that we know this morning what you really desire. And Father, we fall far short of what you really desire. And I ask, Father, this morning that you would take your word and use it in our hearts. Uh, Lord, I ask that you would speak to us this morning. And Father, if there should be anybody here that isn't saved, I ask that today would be their day of salvation. Now, Lord, if there are Christians here that just need to grow in you, 
Uh, Father, they would do that today. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, things have not changed as far as humanity, as far as sin. In 1983, seems like a long time ago, I traveled for a group called Neighborhood Bible Time. And uh, we went out to Boulder, Colorado, and we uh, trained for two weeks. They taught us how to tell stories, and how to give invitations, and how to do magic tricks. And then they sent uh, two of us at a time to uh, uh, different places in the country, and there was 40 men. And so that summer, I, I spent several weeks in Michigan, Illinois, Wyoming, and Nebraska. Now, how many have been to Nebraska before? Would you raise your hand? All right. I found two things about Nebraska. Well couple things, maybe three things. It is flat. You can see it a long ways. And the state tree is called the telephone pole. The state bird is called the mosquito. But I found out something that summer when I went to 10 different churches. Every church I went to and I spent a week at the church, I found out they had all a different list of standards from everybody else. Music standards and dress standards and uh, worship standards. And um, whether they had a printed list or it was un- unwritten law, I mean, every church had a different list of rules. Things were not different in Jesus' day. I remember growing up in a, a home where my mom and dad, maybe some of you can remember this years ago, it was 40 years ago or longer than that, but uh, we did not play sports on Sunday. How many remember that? Okay, wow, a lot of, okay, we did not play sports. My friends would play sports, and right after church, they say, hey, can you come out and throw the football together? No, I'd come up with some excuse. They got to play football, I couldn't play football. And then, a uh, long time ago, remember when stores were closed on Sunday? I mean, I remember my dad had to get gasoline on Saturday because Sunday most of the stores were closed. And there was a rule in our family that you did not go to a store on Sunday. Because if you went to a gas station or if you went to a grocery store, you were keeping those workers from going to church. Well, as a young man, I had came to this conclusion. Whether I went to the store or not, they weren't going to church. I mean, there was all kinds of rules. Things had not changed in Jesus' day. They had 613 separate Laws. 613. And many times they would debate over which was the heavy law, which was the light law, which was important. And so Jesus was asked this question by this lawyer. What is the greatest commandment? You say, well, of the 613, what were some of those laws? And you can look them up on the internet. And uh, one is not to destroy fruit trees in warfare. So if you attack a city and you destroy the city, don't destroy the fruit trees. And all these are from the Bible. Not to plant a tree for worship. And you might think, well, why do they have that in there? I remember here in America, in Champaign, about 25 years ago, I was knocking on someone's door and... Uh, uh, she told me, I invited her to church. She said, I don't believe in God. And she said, in fact, I worship that rock in my front yard. So when I left the house, I looked, there was a big rock. I promise you folks, if that rock had talked to me, there would have been a dead man in that, in that driveway. I'm thinking, and she did. I, I went to her house several times later and she said, I worship that rock. And when she moved, they moved the rock. 
One of the laws was not to plant a tree for worship. Another one was not to eat blood. Not to eat blood. Another one was not to boil meat with milk. 613 of these laws, 356 negative and 248 positives. And so they would debate, what is the greatest law? What is the greatest commandment? Well, Jesus said the greatest commandment. He got from Deuteronomy 6, 4, said, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. I want to focus this morning, what did Jesus mean when he said that? Because, folks, it's easy to say we love the Lord. I don't believe there's a person in this auditorium this morning that would not say, I love God. But what does it mean to love God? What kind of love was God talking about? Now, sometimes the word love can mean a lot different than many times we use the word love. I mean, there's some of you would say, Pastor, I, I love chocolate. How many chocolate lovers do we have this morning? Okay, and we have mostly ladies, all right? We have chocolate lovers. I have a problem with that, all right? When you say, I love chocolate, and someone gives you a chocolate candy bar, what do you do? You eat it. If you really love the chocolate, you would wrap it up and you'd put it up in a safe location so that nobody would break that chocolate, all right? What do you do? You eat it. And we say, I love sports. I love pets. I love my dog. I love my wife. Well, hopefully you love your wife a lot more than you love your dog, all right? What kind of love was God talking about? I believe the kind of love that God was talking about is the agape kind of love. That's the kind of love that's not based just on emotions. Now, emotions come and go. But this kind of love is based on a deed. The Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave. Our greatest need is forgiveness of sin. And God sent his only son to die on the cross for us so that we could have eternal life. He died for our sins. This love is not wishy-washy. This love is not conditional. It's unconditional. You know this morning, God loves you the way that you are. And sometimes we think, well, I've got to clean up my life before God loves me. No, God loves you when you're bad. God loves everyone here this morning. You know what's interesting? God knows what we're going to do in the future, and he still loves us. And I promise you, the day you got married, if you had a long piece of paper and a list of things you were going to do against your spouse, they'd say, forget it. I'm not going to marry you. In a good relationship, there's a lot of forgiveness. But God told this lawyer, you must love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, and mind. Let's dissect that. What does that mean? First of all, our love needs to be personal. Our love needs to be personal. I've uh, been out before knocking on doors, and 
I've had people say, and I ask them, do you go to church? No, I don't go to church. Do you read your Bible? No, I have one. And then they'll say, well, my grandma, my grandma, she's such a godly lady. She loves God, and I love God too. So our love must be personal. You've got to have a love for God. Notice what Jesus said in verse 37. Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. Folks, it doesn't matter if your parents love God. Do you love God this morning? I'm afraid this morning if we would say I love God, it's really not a strong love because we can't fool God. You see, words are cheap. I can tell someone I love them. They don't know if I do or not. We tell God we love him and he knows whether we love him or not. In 1 Timothy 4.16, Paul said to Timothy, take heed unto thyself. Take heed unto thyself. You know, instead of thinking about somebody else, Think about yourself. Because it's easy to think, what about that person? That's what Eve did. That's what Adam did. It, it's easy to talk about somebody else this morning, or think about somebody else. But what about you? Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this, thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. I tell people when I'm dealing with them about marriage counseling, I said, you work on yourself. You let God change your heart. We have a long ways to go. All of us do. We're all sinners. And we need to compare ourselves to God Almighty, not to someone down on this earth. Because I promise you, when we stand before God, he's not going to say, well, you were better than so-and-so. And usually when I talk to people and they're not going to church, uh, they'll tell me, well, I, I've never killed anybody. Well, that's good. <laughs> I'm not in prison. Well, that's good. But folks, do you love God this morning? Second Corinthians 5.10, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body, according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. God wants to know this morning, and he knows. Do you love him? It has to be a personal love. No one is going to make you read your Bible. No one is going to make you get saved. No one is going to make you pray. No one is going to make you hand out a tract to tell people about the God you claim to love. We are idle factories, and not only idle factories, but excuse-making factories too. We always have an excuse. Why we don't love God more? Why don't we don't spend more time with God? And so this love must be personal. Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God. He was speaking to the lawyer. You need to love God. Because when we get to heaven, he's not going to ask us what kind of car we drove around. He's not going to ask us how much money we had in the bank. He's not going to ask us what position we had in our company. He wants to know, do we really love him? And so the love must be personal. Secondly, the love must be passionate. 
Now, God's not concerned that we love him, but that we love him with all our hearts. And he described what kind of love he expects from us. Folks, our love needs to be passionate. We can all say this morning, I love God, but do we show it? Now, I understand today is Super Bowl Sunday, and I promise you there'll be a lot of passionate fans. Uh, some will be going from Cincinnati, and others will be going for L.A. And they're crazy. I've seen fans before. I've seen Green Bay Packer fans on television. They're nuts. You know, it's 20 below, and they take their shirts off, and they got letters on it, and they're screaming and hollering because they love their sports team. And they put makeup on, and they uh, have certain colors they wear, and I'm thinking, wow, we call them fans. But if somebody in church got that excited about God, we'd call him a fanatic. We'd say he was weird. Is our love passionate? This is what Jesus said to the lawyer. Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord. He didn't say, You can love me. Maybe you can love me. He said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. And if I would ask you this morning to raise your hand, if you love God, I believe all of us could say we love God. But this is kind of love that God desires from us. And I don't believe we could raise our hand and say, you know, God, I love you with all my heart. And there's some of you this morning, you say, you know, I mean, when I first got married, I thought my spouse loved me with all their heart. And now I'm beginning to wonder, they, they, they say they love me. But by their actions, they're not showing they love me. See, there's a big difference between God and mankind. Talk is cheap and we can fool people. You can't fool God. He sees the heart. So when Jesus said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. What does that mean? I've said many times that if you truly love God with all your heart, how much heart do you have left to love sin? None. I don't believe any of us, including myself, love God with all our hearts. What does it mean to love God with all your hearts? That means the real you. Because the real you is living inside this body. And when a person dies, they either go to heaven or they go to hell. Aren't you thankful you're not going to be in this body forever and ever? One guy who was a Christian, he was up in his 80s, and someone said, how are you doing? He said, I'm doing fine. My body isn't, but I'm doing fine. We understand that we're getting weaker and older and we're not getting younger. We're not getting stronger. We're getting gray hair and uh, your eyes are failing. And we understand that's part of old age and the aches and the pains. But folks, if you're saved, you're one step closer to eternity. And what does it mean to love God with all your heart? You see, we naturally love self. And self is involved in every decision that we make. Like you decide this this morning, should I go to church? You decide what to eat. 
tonight. You'll decide what kind of gifts you're going to give your spouse or your loved one. This morning, we've already been analyzing this service. Like you probably were thinking, okay, how come I didn't get a loaf of bread? Man, that sounds good. Homemade apple butter. And maybe some of you were thinking, you know, after church, I'm going to go to the store and buy some apple butter because I'm, I got apple butter on my mind. And then there's some of you, those announcements, baking a pie. I've never baked a pie before. What about eating the pie? I want to eat the pie. You know, we think of all kinds of things and we analyze the special and the preaching. I mean, that's how we are. Why isn't so-and-so here? You know, loving God with all our hearts, we would think from God's perspective. I'm in church, not to be with my friends, but to worship God. I'm here for the glory of God. I told Brandon, he's preaching tonight, I said, have fun with Super Bowl Sunday. I said, you should threaten people and tell them that Jesus Christ is coming tonight, and only those people in church will go to heaven. That would scare people. (laughs) But folks, how much do we really love God? He said, love the Lord with all your heart, with all thy soul. Now that's your emotions. Do we love God with our emotions? And I think sometimes, and my wife cautioned me about it, because when I go through revival, I think sometimes I fell in love with my emotions and the emotions and the spiritual high instead of God himself. But we ought to have a love for God. And he's telling this lawyer to love me is to love me personally and passionately. And you love me with all your heart and all your soul. You know, it really is sad when you think about it. When some people come to church and they don't even sing and I see them at a ball game and they're screaming and they're yelling for a ball game. Folks, we're talking about heaven and hell We're talking about living for God. We're talking about doing right. We're talking about standing before an almighty God someday. Eternity is a long time. Then Jesus said in verse 37, Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. Now what does that mean? It means you serve God whether you feel like it or not. It means you go to church whether you feel like it or not. It means you open your Bible and read it whether you feel like it or not. Because I promise you, if you were dating someone and they gave you a love letter, you're not going to just say, oh, forget me, or send you a text or email. You're not going to just put it aside. You're going to read it right away. This is God's love letter to us. He loves us. And He loves each one of us. A number of years ago, and I shared this before, but our kids, we had three at that time. We lived in southern Champaign. My wife was at the hospital. She went the ladies in the church. And she called me up and said, I'll be leaving the hospital in about 10 minutes. And I said, would you please pick up some candy for the kids? She said, okay, I'll pick up some candy. 
Well, I told the kids they were excited. Mom's coming home with some candy. And I remember we had a big window and there was a couch next to the window. They're, they're watching every car come by. Mom, mom, mom. And it wasn't mom. And it was dark out and they'd see the headlights coming down. And, and uh, it's a little late. I'm thinking, wow, she must really be getting some great candy. And um, they're watching. And but when is mom going to get home, dad? I said, I don't know. She'll get home. She'll have that candy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they were excited. They couldn't wait for mom to get home. When she finally pulled into the driveway, they ran over by the front door. I'm sure Lynn never felt like she was so loved in her life because when she opened up the door, they attacked her. They hugged her leg. Oh, mom, 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 we're so happy. We're so glad you're home. I think it was Joshua said, Mom, where's the candy? She goes, Oh, no, I forgot the candy. I'm not kidding you. Some of them cried. They left mom and went in their room and cried. Now, did they love mom? No. They loved candy. You know what, folks? That's how we treat God many times. I love God because of what he's given to me. What he's done for me. I meet people all the time. I'm mad at God. Because look what happened. Folks, God is good all the time. And when he does something you don't understand, loving God with all your soul and mind is saying, I don't understand this, and I may never understand it down here, but I know this, God is good all the time. God is perfect. He never makes a mistake. And I'm going to trust in him. So Jesus said you need to love God personally, passionately, with all your heart, soul, and mind. But then our love needs to be a priority. Notice with me in verse 38. This is the first and great commandment. I I believe I know with all my heart. There's ladies here this morning. Used to think, you know, when I was dating my husband or before he was my husband, I was dating him. When we were engaged... I was special. I was number one. Then all of a sudden, we got married. He went off on his, to get it, you know, he started working all the time. And then his hobbies. And now I just get the leftovers. Folks, we could treat God that way. God says, I want to be number one. Now for a moment, just think about your life. What do we put before God? Television. Shopping. A lot of things we put before God. What the difference is, God knows. And he says, I want to be number one. What does Matthew 6.33 says? But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. What God says, just put me first, and I'll take care of you. No, we're thinking, no. Lord, I'll get you in somehow. Maybe just on Sundays, but I'll get you in. Oh, in a sense, we don't say it, but this is how we live. Lord, I'll give you the leftovers. If I feel like going to church, I'll go to church. 
Even on Super Bowl Sunday, I'll go, Lord, if there's a snowstorm. I'll go, Lord, all right. The priority. No one has been as good as God has been to you. No one has loved you as much as God has loved you. No one has saved you from your sins like God has. You know what the Bible says? If you love me, keep my commandments. Jesus said, John 14, 23, Jesus answered and said to him, If a man love me, he will keep my words. You know the real test is, if you love God, you'll obey. If you love God, you'll submit. Now notice what Jesus says. In verse 39, and the second is likened to it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. I want you to notice there's only two commandments, not a third one. I've heard pastors preach. I've heard people tell me, well, the first commandment is to love God. Second commandment is to love your neighbor. The third commandment is to love self. Folks, we don't have to be commanded to love self. We already love self. Notice what the Bible said. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is likened to it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. The second. He doesn't say anything about a third commandment. What Jesus is saying. If you love God, you'll love your neighbor. And you'll obey God. Let me ask you this morning. Is there some Christian that you don't love? Then you really don't love God. Because God loves that person. You see, we all often say, well, my, um, in a scale of one to ten, I love God a number eight. But oh boy, this other Christian, it's like a three. No, you love God a three. Because God says, if you love me, You'll love your neighbor as yourself. Have you ever felt used? If you have kids, you have felt used, all right? <laughs> I mean, you, you cart them around. You feel like you're a taxi cab driver. You provide them food, clothing. You go out of the way to get them a nice gift, and they complain about it, and they complain about life at home, and you think, well, you ought to live someplace where they're, they're not so loving. And maybe a friend you felt used. I do all this and they do that to me. Or they charge me too much. Folks, if there's one person that has been used, it's God. Because he loves us and loves us and loves us. First John, the Bible says we love him because he first loved us. What God desires this morning, he just wants our love. You see, if we really love God, reading his word would not be a chore. Coming to church would not be difficult. Handing out a track or telling someone about Jesus Christ would not be hard because we love God. And I've been around enough 
ladies that were engaged that um, if they really, really had a love or affection for this person, they talked about that person all the time. In fact, sometimes you didn't want to hear about the guy, but you got to hear about the guy. You know what Jesus is saying? If you love me, your love for each other will grow. He said, Pastor, I want my love to grow for my spouse, then love God. What does it mean to love God? You love Him personally. Love Him passionately. And make Him a priority. But seek ye first the kingdom of God, His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. When I went to a Christian high school up in Wisconsin. There was like 30 people in the class. There was a kid named Dan Kirshner. I got to know him, a short guy. He taught me how to play basketball. But he, he was one of these kids that loved to bring candy to school. And um, probably one that, you know, he's trying to hide the candy from the teacher and he'd give us candy. And uh, I remember he, he would suck on an M&M, you know, peanut M&M and yeah, he could suck on the M&M the whole period and still have it in his mouth. And I'm like, man. And he didn't care. But there was, there was a kid in the, in the class, his name was Artie Brzee. And he would give Artie candy all the time. Sometimes I was like kind of miffed because I'm like, why does Artie get all the candy? And I don't. And he let Artie cut in line and, uh, and he'd do nice things for Artie. And, uh, and, and when I got to know him a little bit more, I, I said, Dan, um, we were walking home from school one day, and I said, Dan, Artie's not your relative. No, he's not my relative. Well, why do you like Artie so much? Well, he said, one day I was playing basketball next to the Rock River. And the Rock River runs through Watertown. And he said, my ball went out into the river, and I jumped in. He said, my only problem was I didn't know how to swim. And I was playing basketball with Artie. And I started to drown and already jumped in. And already saved my life. He said, I owe already my life. You know, folks, this morning, we all owe Jesus Christ. He saved you. He loves you. He's just saying this morning, I just want you to love me with all your heart soul and mind it will change your life it will change how you look at others and how you treat others because they're your they're his children and he loves them you're not going to be bitter you're not going to be angry if you really love god let's bow our heads and hearts for a word of prayer his heads are bowed and eyes are closed this morning I don't know your heart. You don't know your heart. Because the Bible says the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. I know this. My love is weak for God. And I'm so thankful that He loves me. How many this morning with uplifted hand would say, Pastor... I'm going to try, whether I feel like it or not, I'm going to try to spend more time with God this week because 
I'm commanded to love him. Here's my hand. Would you please pray for me? God bless you. Many, many hands all over this auditorium. As heads are bowed, eyes are closed, please stand to your feet right now. I'm going to ask Brenda to play an invitational hymn. Folks, tomorrow is Valentine's Day. You can fool me, but you cannot fool God. Do we kind of just squeeze in the devotions, the prayer time? What do we make a priority in our life? What's number one? Do we put ourselves ahead, way ahead of God? Jesus says this morning, love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. I'm going to ask you this morning, we need to be passionate. We need to put Christ first. But would you this morning, would you leave your pew, come to the front, and just say, God, forgive me for not loving you like I should. God, you love me. You know my heart. As we're in a place right now, let God have his way.